The Theonauts, episode 87. The one where we slay some sacred cows in the form of hymns. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's Word. Hello, all you Theo choristers out there. Nice. I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And I'm Kevin Gaddy. And together we are the, the Theonauts. Yes, we are. Like Extra Kevin voice Gaddy. in the th- in the. I started to say theater. Theo theater. <laughs> the yes. Theo theater in the theater. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kevin's Actually, jumped on board with yeah. us today. Yeah, it's great. It's it's nice <clears> to have him <throat> sitting right beside me, looking as dapper as ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you say to that? I don't know. Like, I mean, thanks. Any any time uh, Kevin graces us with his presence, it's a wonderful day. So yeah. I'm excited to jump into this uh, <laughs> this interesting topic. How was your week before we get that going? Oh, it was fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it was busy as usual. The same old, same old. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm fighting roof leaks here at the at the coffee shop. Oh, so yeah. tomorrow morning I get to go uh, climb on the roof again and try to yay. fix some of that. That'll be fun. so. Kevin helped me a little bit last week. Cool. I don't know if our if our <laughs> initial venture was worth it. <laughs> it was pointless. Well, the the concept was solid. It was, yeah. Was it the work? Was it the workers? Was no. that the well? Rest? No, it's 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 kind of difficult to explain. The, the The leak is in the parapet on the roof, which is the wall. Sure, parapet. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a wall. I know exactly what you're talking that about. That comes up on a flat roof. I've I've roofed so, before. <laughs> so <laughs> the leak is happening in the corner of it, okay. and so we don't have any of the original type of material. Um, so we were trying some material I got that didn't adhere very well. Gotcha. So. It didn't go all that great. We spent, I don't know, what, a couple hours up there and was mm-hmm. like, this is pointless. <sighs> made it a whole, happy. like, made it like a whole two foot down yeah, there. Yeah, 100 square home. foot. Ouch. <laughs> Out of who knows how much that we need. Well, at least it's cover. not raining right now. <laughs> True. That's a good thing. So in the morning, I'm just going to go old fashioned, patch the holes type of thing. That's the best thing you can do. Well, at least a short-term thing, it's a... Sure. No. sure. <laughs> I, I don't know. So, anyway, how's it going for you guys? Good. Good. Uh, you know, I was... I'm kind of flying on auto- autopilot at school right now. Teaching 1984? <laughs> uh, yeah, I started 1984 with the juniors, which is fun. I'm teaching screw tape letters with the seniors. Oh, That's nice. awesome. Yeah. We're having a lot of fun with that. I got in some huge debates about being slain in the spirit. Two days ago, really, with some of my kids, <laughs> and so I might not have a job pretty soon, but that's okay. Anyways, <laughs> I'll just come and hang out in David's office. Wow, so, yeah. Anyways, but it's it's been a good week. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's ready. I'm ready for the weekend though, and then I have one more week, and then spring break, man. Woo, woo, woo. So I'm going to Kansas. Oh, are you? Yeah, I'm gonna go help my dad do landscaping. 
uh, for a week. Oh, by the way, uh, Kevin and I are heading back to Haiti. Yeah, you yeah. are. That's and right. Jeremiah's coming too. No, oh. he's not. But I, I'll be with you in spirit. <laughs> You're welcome to come. I, I know that. If I had the funds, I'd, I'd do it. But I I don't have the funds. I really don't have the time either. I really need to get over and see my dad. Right. It's important. Gotcha. I put him off way too much lately. <laughs> so, anyways. Uh, awesome. That's cool. So, you guys are going the full trip, long enough, yep. everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, go oh, hardcore. and yeah, some good news about that, too. Um, I talked to the people that we've partnered with in Florida uh-huh. that actually have the well drilling rig. Right. <clears throat> and they've got that rig all ready to go. They're shipping it in 30 days. Oh, wow. And... Um, the we are preparing to. Uh, I had an idea. You no, know, that was Michael Hansen texting me <laughs> to tell me something about parapets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check out the big vocabulary on David. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, if you listen to the Theonauts long enough, you get that. That's right. So, <laughs> so we know words. We know big words. We know so many. We may words. not use them right. That's right. But I'm I'm mim- I'm mimicking. My favorite. We get names wrong, or at least I get names wrong. Uh, did you hear Donald Trump talk about words? Yeah. I don't know. It's I guess great. He's know. just like, I know all the words. I know the big words. I just know the words. I know all these words. That's all he's saying. This is words, words. I'm like, give me one. Nothing, nothing. Oh, wow. Yeah. So anyways, okay, so, big vocabulary. So anyway, what we're doing in... Yeah, um, back to Haiti. Yeah, is, okay, they're going to start drilling June 11th. <laughs> That's wow. the target. So it's coming quick. Yes. You're going to have water there within the year. We're praying that that's what will happen. Huge. So um, Jerry, the guy from um, from New Beginnings over there in Florida, he is going to actually be in Lagunov the same time we are. Wow. So we're going to get to kind of hook up over there and look at each other's work. and Sweet. And, get, and hopefully get the natives over there together. Together, yeah. So that they can all... Cause, you know, the people where uh, they're working have like a little bitty med medical uh, facility. Oh, really? And so we want them to be able to connect to connect and sure. share that. And, Synergy. Yes. Right? That's great. Unity. Unity. That's yes. awesome, man. Wow. <clears throat> well, uh, definitely be praying for David and crew. I think you're only going with two people, right? You're going with... Right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anybody out there from the Theo well, universe? Well, yeah, me and two others. Yeah. So Kevin and, and Jack... Right, we're going, so. and this will be Jack's first time to go. Yes, over there. yes, it'll change. It'll be life. interesting for him to go um, with a small group because yeah. that'll mean more work mm-hmm. individually. More, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be praying for y'all. Y'all be praying for David and his crew as they do that. So, yeah. All right, we ready to roll on this thing? Let's jump into it. Tempted and tried, we're <laughs> beating up hymns today. Yeah, we are. So we got this idea from uh, one of our Theonaut brethren, uh, Brian Neal. Who, the Theonaut's own Brian Neal. Theonaut's Neil. own Brian Neal, that's right. And uh, he, he texted David or myself one day and he said, hey, uh, you know, I was doing this study for my next, uh, my next sermon and I thought this would be a really good topic. Bad hymns, <laughs> bad of the theology. Hymn book. Yes, <laughs> bad theology in the hymn book, 
And so just a disclaimer before we start, I really want to make this disclaimer out there. We pull out your favorite hymn. Please forgive us. This is opinion based. This has nothing to do with the fact that we think you're a horrible person for singing this hymn. You could love this hymn and that's fine. In fact, I'm going to step on one of our own uh, yeah. toes today. We have songs that we like that's right. that aren't necessarily theologically sound. Exactly. <laughs> But we all do. Yeah, first thing Jeremiah says as he walks in the day is, Kevin, I got a song that I don't think you're going to like me talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and so just know that we're right there with you and uh, we step on each other's toes. But in the end of the day, unified, we're all brother and there's no no condemnation here. These are just yeah. songs. Okay. So what, uh, and oh, by the way, regardless of the hymnal you're using, this particular hymnal, that I have in my, that I hold in my hand for you the that sacred. are watching is called Sacred Selections. <laughs> and it's called that for a reason. Because this is holy writ and you don't need no. What I'm just saying is <laughs> <laughs> some would argue that. They would. Yeah. Oh right. okay, case in point. <laughs> we were sitting around one time goofing around on some hymns and stuff one time, and we were singing. Amazing Grace to the tune of Gilligan's Island. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Yeah. I, I once was lost, but now <laughs> I'm found. But now, now I see. Okay, so it all works, right? <laughs> That's great. And and so, so people fun. that were there took great offense. <laughs> like they were like, what are you doing? That like, is him. That is, that is blasphemous yeah. or whatever. I mean, like, what? Really? <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's like, it's. A song. It's a song. I mean, it's a great song. <laughs> and it's like, we didn't change the words or anything. That's right. Let's change the tune. <laughs> it's just as reverent as it was. Right, exactly. You know, and <laughs> that you bring up a good point. A lot of these hymns, so if we look at the history of hymns, man, if you look at the history of church music in general, mm-hmm. it's amazing how it starts. It starts out with... Uh, with people singing psalms, right? Right. Moves on from there, and then you have... Cantillation. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's what we want. Right. Uh, <laughs> it moves on to the mono- monotone. Do you ever hear the, the Gregorian chanting? Yeah, yeah. So you, you don't inflect any melody here. You just sing it straight. Omni Deo, sal- yes. you know, Salvate, Discipuli, whatever. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> So That's then exactly a guy came along, he's like, If I do this one. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then you move on and you have this guy who comes about and he's like, hey man, I like this, but what if we had some melody in it? And they're like, Satan, yes. right? It's a no, 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 we can't have that. That's illegal, right? That's what the pagans do. God doesn't like that. The pagans sing in melody. <laughs> right. So you move on and you get this classical music stuff going, right? Mm-hmm. Which today everybody thinks is sacred. I asked one of my kid or one of my church members one day what he thought of the Nutcracker, the you know the Tchaikovsky. Week. Yeah, Tchaikovsky. He's like, oh, that's just beautiful music. I mean, it's wholesome. It's so good. I'm like, did you know that wholesome. was? Yeah, <laughs> did you know that that was written by a gay man? <laughs> <gasps> oh, why I never, you know, that whole thing. And the reality is, is okay, music is music. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So anyways, I say that to say we're going to slay some sacred cows here today. and that's, We're going to slay some sacred selections. That's right. And that doesn't mean that we're down on hymns. But here's the flip side of that. We are also going to lift up some, some hymns. That's right. So what, what we've decided to do 
is each one of us, and we may ha- have some crossover, I don't know. <laughs> we probably do. But each one of us chose five hymns that we really like uh-huh. and five hymns that we really don't. Right. And so we're just going to talk about why. And some of these could be personal <clears throat> preference, by yeah, the way. Yeah, some of them for me definitely are, are just a personal preference. There's right. there's not any major right. doctrinal thing that I'm going to... And David David mentioned before we started that, and I, I agree, I was the same thing, when when we started looking at the hymns, we found so many more that we like than what we yeah, what we don't yeah. think are bad. So, anyways, uh, sacred selections. We have the Baptist hymnal. That's our yeah. my side of it. It's hilarious. You know, they, they have different versions. So, do you sing out of the red Baptist hymnal or do you sing out of the blue Baptist hymnal? <laughs> Which one do you do? It's hilarious. So, anyways, all right. So, well, most of these that I ha- the two that I have here are predominantly Church of Christ yeah. hymnals. <laughs> but um, and it's so fun. there's some definite Church of Christ guys writing we, some songs in here. right. And we've been talking this week about this, and they you'll bring up songs that I've never even heard before. Right, right, and you probably the same way around. Yeah, other way around too. So okay, here's my first one. I'll okay. just, I'll jump into okay. it. You ready? And I don't know if Kevin's picking any or if he's just going to chime in on ours. He's going to bust. We're just going to wait. Bust out on it. <laughs> You can be my. You can be like our singer. So, like when we present the song, (laughs) then you can give us the example. Okay. Okay. All right. The first one. uh, Which way you going? Are you going good or bad? Or we're going bad first. Okay. So we can finish on a good note. All right. Let's do that. All right. So the the first bad one I have, old time religion, drives me up a wall. (laughs) Written in eighteen eighty nine. Old time religion. (laughs) Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. It was good for our mothers, right? It was good for our fathers. And my father's father and my father before him. It will do when I am dying. It will take us all to heaven. Religion is going to take us us. all to heaven. And that's the problem I have with it. Besides that, it's just this whole, you know, just give me that old religion. That's what I need. It's, you know, this old tradition Give me form and function. Right. You know, over well, yeah, over substance. Well, I mean, it's just it's it's just this idea of it. To me, it presents this idea of this is a cultural thing, not a spiritual thing, right? And so that's now this was a, a Negro spiritual written by Charles Tillman, which famous Negro spiritualist. Yeah, a what spiritualist? <laughs> oh, I was just checking. African American spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead. I said Negro. <laughs> okay, I was checking. <laughs> which is a proper term, right? Right. right. No, you're good. Okay. You're good. I thought you said something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to get me in so much trouble, David. All right. So that's my first one. And there's real no, there's no real spiritual or biblical aspect to, to throw at this, mm-hmm. other than I think uh, we can look at what, you know, the Bible defines as religion. Right. And it's, you know, to take care of wid- widows and orphans, right? Yeah. And yeah. to keep yourself unsaved. Real religion. Yeah. That's real religion. But it's... Which is ir- irony. Yeah. Re- because it's not re- really religion what he's talking about. Exactly. I have a feeling that if this song were around during the time of the Pharisees and Sadducees, they would have sang it in Jesus' face. And that's the reason <laughs> <laughs> that I don't right. like it. Well, so. and and that's... There's an interesting point there is that the source of some of these songs is important because um, you're talking about like these these old Negro spiritual songs like they come from the the days of slavery here 
in America. And a lot of them, I mean, we're talking about these are uneducated men singing about their oppression and how they're leaning on Jesus to get past it. Right. So you have to kind of take those types of things into mind whenever we're looking at it. From these, this is not Martin Luther, you know, or 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 Spurgeon or, or someone like this writing these lyrics. These are simple people going through hard times. And That's a lo- exactly. And right. a lot of those songs. I mean, I love a lot of those spirituals. Oh yeah. Because of the feel and because of the emotion and all that sort of thing in them, right? But there is some theological issues with a lot of them, simply because there wasn't a lot of theology in them being taught yeah, to them. They right. were they were they were learning what they could. Yeah. Uh, another thing, and my first one is going to suffer from this, is a lot of songs were written either during the Great Depression or by people who have gone through the Great Depression. Yeah. And so during that time frame, there was so much want, so much need, so much pain, so much suffering right. <clears throat> that people were, were, um, were leaning on spirit, these spiritual songs to kind of elevate that. Yeah. And a lot of, I didn't, I didn't pick too many of these type of songs because there's so many of them. Oh, yeah. But one of the types of hymns that I have the most problems with are hymns that sing either about or even to heaven. Like, <laughs> that's the goal. Like, like Jesus and God, they're there, yeah, but I'm really more interested in the mansion. I'm more interested in the fact that I'm poor now, but I'm going to be rich in heaven. Oh, you know, thank God when I die, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a mansion. Right. And the street are, is gold. And <laughs> I'm going to have a crown and a robe. And you know, it's all, it's this material concept sure. of heaven. We materialize heaven. And, and yes, I understand. The Bible yeah. uses riches as a metaphor for how great heaven's going to be. Sure. But at the same time, we're not, covet, covetousness is a sin. <laughs> do we do we treat it like it's just another? Yeah. So you know, it's really okay. Go ahead. Okay. Well, the the song I picked out is the one that bothers me the most in this. In <laughs> yeah, this I love this. So. It's called Mansions Over the Hilltop. <laughs> Number six hundred and sixteen in your gold hymnal. <laughs> it it reads, um, "I'm satisfied with just a cottage below, a little silver." And a little gold. But in that city where the ransom will shine, I want a gold one that's silver lined. (laughs) Second verse. Though often tempted, tormented and tested, and like the prophet, my pillow a stone. And though I find here no permanent dwelling, I know he'll give me a mansion my own. Third verse. Don't think me poor deserted or lonely, I'm not discouraged. I'm heaven bound. Yeah. I'm just a pilgrim in search of a city. I want a mansion, a robe, and a crown. (laughs) Chorus. Here is my Christmas list, Jesus. (laughs) The chorus. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where we'll never grow old. And someday yonder, we will never more wander, but walk the streets that are purest gold. Wow. So to me, it's like your focus is in the wrong place. I mean, I I understand where you're getting what you're saying. It really feels like a Christmas list. (laughs) 
Next thing on my list, a brand new St. John Cena watch from my wrist. <laughs> Right, <laughs> Froggy Fresh is back. Yeah, that's great, man. Oh man, John Cena. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's that's one of, and there are several in this vein that I didn't pick, but there's, I mean, there are tons of them. There was one song that Kevin and I were were looking at right before we went on. It's a, uh, Oh Zion, lovely Zion. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I long thy gates to see. It's like he's talking. To heaven, yeah. like heaven, he's praying to heaven. Like right. heaven is, it's like we're making heaven an idol, yeah, instead of just being a place of rest where we spend time with Jesus. Right, Jesus is the point. I was sitting at a in a a youth Bible study in like two thousand and four. I think it was two thousand four youth Bible study, and this mm-hmm. guy was teaching, and he asked the question: So, what's the goal? Of a Christian. Yeah. What's the ultimate reason you're doing this? And the answer came resounding, heaven. Yeah. Heaven's the goal. Heaven isn't the goal, but that's what we've made it Mm -hmm. so much. Well, it's like I always love, um, I I mentioned this uh, this quote uh, last Sunday during worship, but uh, talking about a man named Tommy Green was speaking, and he was talking about, um, oh, how do I word it? Uh, heaven, pretty much, and he said we we live in we live in a culture that has so much in heaven in it that we think that heaven is a place instead of knowing somebody, mm-hmm. and that eternal life is going someplace for eternity instead of knowing somebody. And he was like, I started wording it like this, you know, if I die, I get to heaven. There's no crowns, there's no streets of gold, there's no levels, there's nothing. It's just me and Jesus. Like, is that enough for me? Yeah. And like, uh, you know, ever since I've started viewing it in that perspective, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I don't yeah. like those songs because like, well, heaven is more to me than a mansion. <laughs> heaven is being the one who died for me. Yeah. And it's like, this is, I understand where this is coming from because it's coming from a place where people are suffering. I mean, they're mm-hmm. dealing with a lot of heartache and this is how they're finding that relief and that comfort. But, you know, when you read John 14 and, you, and he says, you know, do not be afraid. I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my father's house are many, King James language, mansions. Okay, mansions is not really even the best translation of that word, uh, of uh, Monet, which kind of ironic there that yeah. it's almost like money. <laughs> Monet. But, but, the, but, but that word means abode, home. Right, and to me that that's a lot more resounding. That resounds to me more home than mansion. It's you're finally home. Mm-hmm. Yes, because home is where you're loved and where you're held, right. and where you're at peace. And to me, that's more important than the grandeur or the elaborate. You know, it's like. <laughs> I'm driving down the gold street in my heavenly Ferrari with my stacks of heavenly cash, you know? Right. <laughs> that's so good, man. And that's, yeah, <clears throat> we we lose sight of that. So we need to realize that heaven is home. That's what it means. Yeah. It's not a thing. So, all right. All right, what's your next one? Uh, my next one is just like my uh, my first one, almost exactly. Faith of our fathers. Gotcha. Um, and I, I like, I actually like the hymn. I like what it says. But 
why it was written. I don't like the history of it. And I also don't like the whole faith of our fathers, this whole idea that it was my father's faith. So it's passed down mm-hmm. and passed down to generation, generation, you know. So now it's my faith, right? Yeah. It yeah. was my father's. Now it's, no, it's that, all tradition based. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's all tradition. And actually, this was written about the martyred leaders of the Roman Catholic Church <laughs> during the 16th century. <laughs> so if we want to talk about our fathers. Are the Roman Catholics our fathers? And man, for me, it's not, you know, I, okay. This is a disclaimer now. If any Catholics listening out there, I'm not bashing you. I'm just saying that that's not my tradition. You know what I mean? Right. So for me, it's it's kind of ironic that we would sing this, you know, in a non <laughs> in a in a in a in a different church than a Catholic church. It's right. The faith of our fathers. It's just it's weird. So yeah, I've actually wondered about that song, uh, and. Uh, See, I'm just looking at the at the lyrics here. Faith of our fathers living still. <laughs> okay. In spite of dungeon, fire, and sword. <laughs> Wait a second. My dad didn't have to do that. Right. <laughs> oh, how our hearts beat high with joy whenever we hear that glorious word. <laughs> faith of our fathers, holy faith, we will be true to thee till death. Yes, it's... Yes, yeah, that that thing. Our fathers chained in prisons dark were still in heart and conscience free. How sweet would be their children's fate if they like them could die for thee. Yeah. And I I mean, I like that if I'm thinking about maybe... I I, I actually really like this. The apostles, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's the words are great. It's just, I know the backstory. (laughs) And so it bugs the junk out of me. And not only... (laughs) I've studied too much with that. See, and I, I really like the third verse. Yeah. Faith, faith of our fathers, we will love both friend and foe in all our strife. Yeah. And preach great. thee too as love knows how by kindly words and virtuous love. Beautiful. I mean, that's beautiful poetry. It's just the faith of our fathers part, man. <laughs> like, come on. How about my faith? You know what I mean? Just saying. Mm. So, Kevin, do you have one? I do. I have one one negative song. Um, one I have, I have more, but this was like super spur of the moment. So this is the only one I've pulled up. Okay. Um, All right, here, eat the microphone a little bit. Well, not eat it, just, you know. <laughs> nom, nom. <clears throat> uh, so the, the hymn, I gave my life for thee. Um, it's Jesus's, uh, it's written from Jesus's perspective. He's the one, he's the one saying this. Um, he says, I gave my life for thee, my precious blood I shed. That thou mightst ransom be and quicken from the dead. I gave, I gave my life for thee. What, what hast thou given for, for me? me? My father's house of light, my glory circled throne. I left earthly night for wandering sad and lone. I left, I left it all for thee. Hast thou left aught for me? You left nothing for me, man. I gave you everything. I suffered much for thee, more than the tongue can tell. Of bitterest agony to rescue thee from hell. I've borne it, I've borne it all for thee. What hast thou borne for me? <laughs> and I have brought to thee down from my home above, salvation full and free. My pardon and my love, I bring, I bring rich gifts to thee. What hast thou brought for me? Um Answer. Nothing. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So because we can bring nothing. Exactly. And like, I, you know, I, to say that I appreciate all the things that Jesus has done for me, 
is the biggest understatement I could possibly throw out there. However, I do not like this song <laughs> because it makes it, it, it takes away grace. A hundred percent. Yeah. It, it, well, it implies that Jesus's expectations yes, of you are greater. are greater than what you can, what you can get. <laughs> right. All right, buddy. And I gave you that loan. Now I want the interest, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's that whole thing. Paid in full. Are yeah. we sure? Are, <laughs> are you sure? But um, wow. anyways, I want to follow that up <laughs> with a verse from a song that I really do like. Okay. Um, the hymn is called Near, Still Near. And I'll read the first two verses of it. it. says, Near, still near, close to thy heart. Draw me, my Savior, so precious thou art. Fold me, O oh, fold me, close to thy breast. Shelter me safe in that haven of rest. Shelter me safe in that haven of rest. Near, still near, nothing I bring, not as an offering to Jesus my King. Only my sinful, now contrite heart, mm. grant me the cleansing thy blood doth impart. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> good. That's beautiful. And that's the truth. You know, mm-hmm. the reality is, is Christ isn't standing there going, all right, buddy. <laughs> yeah, what, I what do you all got? This stuff. What, what do you, you got? got? What do you, you know, what can you do? Yeah. What he does is he stands there and he says, hey, I've given you this so that you're called a son and a brother. Mm-hmm. It's awesome, man. It's our our being and drawing near to to him causes us to do what the other song is kind of imploring you to do. Right. Right. So uh, it's funny. <clears throat> I just got a, a, a text from um, from Michael. He says, another episode that's a good thing I'm not on. <laughs> 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 Come on, Michael. I want to hear. I want to hear the hymn that you that that, that bothers you because I know there's got to be one that bothers you. Um, okay, my next one is kind of in the vein of the last one, but not quite. It's still coming out of the Great Depression era, yeah. And it's still whole how woe is me, yeah, uh, type of thing. And I guess I have a hard time relating to some of these hymns because my life isn't all that bad, you know. And that's. I, I I don't I don't li- I don't deal with the, the the same issues that these songs deal with, okay. Uh, and I'm gonna have to apologize in advance to Ron of the Red Oaks, if you're listening, Ron, because we're gonna listen to some feedback from you uh, here in a little bit, where this particular song that I'm about to pick on was your father's favorite song. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so don't beat me up too bad. We love you, Ron. Don't yes. don't get angry. Okay, so the song is called Farther Along. And, um, and, and I, I think what bothers me the most is that it's, it's like, um, well, for one, it's about how horrible y- y- my life is. And one day I hope to know why. That's kind of what the, the, the song is about. Right. Uh, it says, tempted and tried, we're off made to wonder why it should be thus all the day long. While there are others living about us, never molested, though in the wrong. So it's like this whole concept that, you know, I'm really wondering because that guy over there is a horrible guy. I can tell, you know, but he's he's got it made. He's got all these riches and et cetera, et cetera. And here I am stuck in the mud (laughs) and I'm not happy about this. The chorus says farther along, we'll know more about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. Cheer up, my brother. Live in the sunshine. We'll understand it all by and by. Um, 
So anyway, it, it's just it's kind of de- of a depressing song. There's uh, the next verse is when death has come and taken our loved ones, it leaves our home lonely and drear. Then do we wonder why others prosper, living so wicked year after year? <laughs> Honestly, don't wonder that. I mean, that's just me. I, I don't wonder that. Whenever I see the Trumps of the world making tons of bucks, yeah. I'm not concerned about that. That does not bother me in the least. Yeah. Have at it, buddy. Seriously. <laughs> and and so this song just doesn't speak to me at all. It's it's just one of those songs that uh, I, I don't even know if we're going to know the answers ever. Right. And that's one of the things I don't think is true about the song where he says, uh, we'll understand it all by and by. I think by and by, we're not going to care. I think that's the I think that's the ultimate thing. When we that's are right. in the arms of Jesus, we're not going to care about the troubles that we had when we were here yeah. on earth. It'll be such a long distance away from us and so below where we are right. that I don't think it's going to matter. Well, this earth's a shadow compared to what we're going to experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, something else also that that brings to mind for me um, as a worship leader, I've been a worship leader for like 10 years. And uh, when I go to pick songs now, uh, I, I read a book, Worship Matters, um, that Riley gave me. Mm-hmm. That was really good. And basically what I talked about was looking at looking at your lyrics and saying, okay, number one, are we exalting any attributes of God in this song? Mm-hmm. Number two, are we exalting any attributes of Christ? Or the Holy Spirit, right? God right. the Father, God the Son, <clears throat> God the Holy Spirit. Are we exalting any of the uh, any of the gospel in these songs? Because right. that's what we should be singing about at church. This is a worship service. We're worshiping God, mm-hmm. right? So we're singing about His attributes. What in the world does that song have to do with anything of His attributes? <laughs> right. Like it almost has nothing. There, it's just about oh, woe is me. But when I get to heaven, you know, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and that has nothing to do. Is God even in that? Him? Like, uh, yeah. I mean, it says, um, you know, faithful t- till death, said our loving master. A few okay. days more to labor and wait. Tolls of the road will soon seem as nothing as we are sweeping through that beautiful gate. I mean, that's and the last verse is when we see Jesus coming in glory, uh, when he comes from his home in the sky. Then we shall meet him in that bright mansion. Uh, we'll understand it all by and by. Right. And, you know, and that's, I mean, that's an attribute of Christ, you know. But I still, you know, I'd, I'd like to focus on those. So, all right. Okay, what's your third one? Here's my third one. And my third one is more of a genre, but I'm just going to pick out one of them. Okay. From that genre. The come to Jesus, call... Altar call, the altar, invitation, invitational hymns. Please be standing for the invitation. Song. Exactly, I they drive me nuts. Uh, amen. Um, and the reason is number one, you're <laughs> they came up with this formula, this brilliant formula during the the uh, the, 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 the great awakening, the great awakening, which yeah. was all right. We're gonna work on everybody's feelings now, so we're gonna play this soft hymn in the background, and then we're gonna call you down and make you pray this prayer, and then you're gonna be yeah. saved. And that was a formula for salvation, right? Billy Sunday used this. Uh, Charles Finney wrote a book about it, mm-hmm. talked about how to manipulate emotions. Literally, <laughs> wrote a book about it. People like that. But one of these songs that just drives me batty is. Um, uh, <laughs> Um, softly and tenderly. Yeah. 
Okay, so here's a I know that one. Mm-hmm. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See on the portals, he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Come home. Come home. You who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. Oh, sinner, come home. Why should we tarry when Jesus is pleading, pleading for you and for me? Why should we linger and heed not his mercies, mercies for you and for me, right? Oh, the wonderful love he has promised, promised for you and for me. Though we have sinned, his mercy and pardon, pardon for you and for me. And I mean, some of this is good, but here's my biggest problem with this. We make Jesus out to be this... A beggar. Beggar, right? Right. Oh, it's just, he needs you to just, you know, will you, will you let him in? Come on. And a lot of that we do pull from a verse in Revelation. Revelation 3. Yeah, Revelation 3, uh, 3.20, that says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in with him uh, and eat with him and he with me. And we use that. And this is, this is just my my understanding of the scripture, okay? Okay. In context, who is who is Jesus talking to in this context? To the church at, where is it? Uh, church of Laodicea. Laodicea. He's mm-hmm. talking to a church. He's not talking to non-Christians. This is not a salvation message at all. What this is is a message that says, hey, Laodicea, you kick Christ Reform. out of your church. Yeah. Reform, bring him back in. He's standing there going, hey, you forgot about me. Come back, you know, <laughs> right. let me get... This is a call to reform, not to form. It's a call to, you know... <laughs> right. Revival, not vival, <laughs> right? <laughs> Revival. And so, for me, this is this is not a message that I'm supposed to give a sinner to come to repentance. This is a message I'm supposed to give... A church that is, you know, lost their way, lost their way right. to come back. And anyway, so I just those those uh, those come to Jesus songs um, drive me nuts. I'll, I'll go ahead and read a, a come to Jesus one that me and Dad were discussing uh, beforehand. Okay. We we're talking about it, and I was reading. It, and I was just like, "Why would you sing this like in church, like at all? Like I don't get it." And it's really sad because the chorus of this to this song, I really, really enjoy the melody to it. Like I think it's got a really beautiful melody. Mm-hmm. But it's called "Prepare to Meet Thy God." This careless soul, why will you linger, wandering from the fold of God? Hear you not the invitation? Oh, prepare to meet thy God. Why so thoughtless are you standing while the fleeting years go by? And your life is spent in folly, O prepare to meet thy God. Hear you not the earnest pleading of your friends that wish thee well, and perhaps before tomorrow you'll be called to meet thy God. If you spurn the invitation till the spirit shall depart, then you'll see your sad condition unprepared to meet thy heart. And the chorus says, Careless soul, O heed the warning, for your life will soon be gone. O how sad to face the judgment unprepared to meet thy God. I mean, that's scary. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's talking to completely lost people. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're singing it. In right. Church. If you're, I, I can see where you're coming see, and, from on, the, on and, that. So, and I, <clears throat> as a song, as, as it goes, like if you were itself, standing on the street corner, yes, you know, <laughs> singing that that'd song. be one thing, but singing <clears throat> in front of the church is what, like, I didn't under, under, like, I don't know why you'd be singing that. Well, why do you give an altar call in the church to begin with? And mm. this is my, my argument. I, the, the church is for 
the called out ones. We are the church, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a building. So we've created the service around evangelism, right? Instead right. of encouraging one another or, you know, spurning one another on the faith. Edification. Edification. And these come to Jesus, these, these uh, salvation hymns are just an offshoot of that, right? Um, yeah, it's like we've got a culture of, hey, invite people to church. Right. It's like, well, well, no, why don't you sit down and study with that person? Yeah. I mean, you, you invite them to church, they might not get anything from a sermon right. that will help them. You, I mean, you need to be involved right. whenever, yeah. Well, what we do is we create the pastor. So the pastor is the only one that can save people. Right. So you bring him to the past, and this is just from my tradition, my culture. Yeah. Um, and I watched this all my life growing up. Every Sunday was a a salvation message. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's no meaning. because there's no telling who who's brought to the service. That's that right. So your job as a good Christian is to go out and bring people to the service so that they can get saved. Yeah. Instead of go out and tell that person about Jesus, right? Yeah. So that they be saved and then brought to church for edification and building up and discipleship. Right. Which is what the church is supposed to be about. So it's a very frustrating thing for me personally coming out of that and going, okay, that's we need we need to understand what the church is for. And so these hymns are actually. Um, examples of that, that culture, mm-hmm. that mindset, you know? So anyways, uh, that's just, that's just me, but okay. Okay. Y- your next one. So, um, I've got a, um, let me see where I did with that song. Um, oh, maybe in the red book there. I mean, the sacred selections. Um, so my next song is really not so much a theological argument as much as it's just weird. To me, <laughs> we do have some weird and things. um and and so and you know, this this may run a little long. I think we should, I'm going to cut my list back, okay? Because <laughs> I'm ready to move on to songs I like. Right, 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 right. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a song called Beulah Land. Beulah Land. Not that quite one? the not quite oh, the same one. That's I'm sorry. That that's the whole Gaither yeah, that's version the or whatever. Gaither. That's the only one I know. Uh, th- this is an old traditional hymn. Uh, I don't see a date on it. It dates way back. Uh, okay, first off, the title. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 title is strange because Beulah is not a, a term that we normally use. What is Beulah? Okay, it's, I mean, is that it's like obviously a... a reference to Canaan, I believe. Okay. Uh, well, here it says, "Hang on a second. Isaiah 62, verse 4, um, mentions this word, Beulah. So, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's write a song about one word, <laughs> one word for heaven in the pull, Bible. Pull that up while I'm reading the lyrics. Okay. So, there's a couple of reasons why. Uh, Isaiah 62, 4? Yes. Okay. So, there's a couple of reasons why I'm not crazy about this song. But um, the first one is the, the words are just really weird to me. Okay, and maybe some of it is just time has changed these words or time has corrupted my understanding of what's sure. being said. Cultural. Because it's an yeah. old hymn. Absolutely. Okay, so the first verse starts with this. I'll reach the land of corn and wine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know where the corn is. I don't know where the corn fits in. It. I mean, I understand if it was said milk and honey, yeah. but that's a common thing. <laughs> but corn, 
Corn and wine. I've reached the land of corn and wine. I mean, I like corn. Get the corn out of my face. (laughs) And all its riches freely mine. That's great. There shines undimmed one blissful day, for all my night has passed away. Okay, so I I get this. This is about glorification. Sure. It's about going to heaven. Um, And some of these lyrics are very good. The Savior comes and walks with me in sweet communion. Here have we gently leads me by the hand, for this is heaven's borderland. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Okay, but the last verse uses this archaic term, zephyr. The the zephyrs seem to float to me, sweet sounds of heaven's melody. I'm getting from the context of zephyr is like a breezy, floaty... Led Zeppelin, right? It's that gigantic... (laughs) A blimp? Yeah, blimp. No, it's not a blimp. Ah, Michael's helping me out. Beulah means married. Oh, Really? That's yeah. That's what he said. Married land. Yeah, the married land. Well, that's what the. It, well, well, do you want me to read? Yeah, the read the verse. Okay. It says, um, "Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken." This is the KJV because I wanted to get right, right. get old school with it. Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken. Neither shall thy land any more be termed desolate. But thou shalt be called Hephzibah, and thy land Beulah. For the Lord delighted in thee, and thy land shall be married. Oh, interesting. That's awesome. Okay, cool. I like that. All right. So, like I said, I don't really have a, a theological issue with this song as much as it's just kind of strange to me. Um, o Beulah land, Beulah land, on thy highest mount I stand. I look away across the sea where mansions, once again, that keeps coming up. The mansions are prepared for me, and view the shining glory shore, my heaven, my home forevermore. Here's. Here's the, the the second reason this song bothers me, because a friend of mine one time said it was a it was an Irish drinking song is what it reminded him of, and I was like, what are you talking about? Corn and wine, obviously. Okay, well I would think that, <laughs> but then he starts singing it like a drunken Irishman. And so if you're Irish, you know if Richard McKibben's listening, don't take offense to this. Um, so anyway, to kind of give you an example of how he. Showed me it was an a, an Irish drinking song, <laughs> as he goes. Rich land of corn and wine, all is rich is freely mine. I was like, really? Of course, he's swinging like he's got yeah. a mug in his hand. <laughs> I was like, dude, I can't even listen to that song in church anymore without just losing it. So anyway, that was my last one. Then it's not a big deal. Okay, if, so, you, if you like Beulah Land, great. Love I'm it. gonna I'm gonna throw two really quickly, and then we're done with the bad. Okay. Um, one of them that uh, I said that uh, <laughs> that Kevin's not gonna like me mention, but uh, hard a, fighting soldier. Oh, it's another spiritual. I'm yep. a hard fighting soldier on the battlefield. <laughs> That's right. I keep on bringing souls, souls to, to Jesus, Jesus by the service that I give. Well, you got to walk, walk right and talk right, right and sing right and pray right on the battlefield. You got to walk <laughs> right and talk right and sing right and pray right on the battlefield. You got to walk right and talk right and sing right and pray right. On the battlefield, I keep on bringing souls to Jesus by the service that I give. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow. Yeah. Amen. Okay. So, a couple of things I don't preach like it, about brother, this. Preach it, brother. Preach it. Number one, Ephesians 
I'm just gonna say Ephesians <laughs> totally uh, <laughs> destroys this whole song. Uh, <laughs> you, you gotta walk right, talk right. Wait, wait, hold sing on. Sing right. Sing right. So <laughs> yeah. what does that mean by I, sing right? I don't know. Hmm. Pray right on the <laughs> battlefield? Really? <laughs> really? You, you gotta do this? <laughs> Not only that, but... Dude, it's a fun song. I know, it's, it's fun. Like- <laughs> it's just, theology is just, like, nothing. Okay, I keep on, I keep on, me, I keep on bringing souls to Jesus by the service that I give, because it's all about me, right? You're going to be preaching on this Sunday, right? <laughs> I am. You want to sing the song for me? I might do that. You going to lead this song? I might do that. (laughs) Hey, I'm all about it. I'll get the clap. I'll get the clap going. That's great. I love it. (laughs) Anyways, so that one. And then the last one, He Lives. You know the song, He Lives, He Lives, Christ Jesus Lives Today. Um, Brian pointed out something, and I've never liked it. The very last line of that chorus he, you ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Almost seems like, well, he's really dead, but he lives in my heart. No, no, Jesus actually lived. Like, gotcha. He was raised. So he's still alive. He's still alive. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I get the, I get the point of the songwriter though, right? Because he is in us. Oh yeah, most definitely. It just feels like that's the. <laughs> you ask me how I know he lives. Well, he lives within my heart. It's not, you ask me how I know he lives? Well, he had how many eyewitnesses that rose from the, <laughs> say he rose from the dead? Right, right. <laughs> That's a terrible apologetic. Yeah. Plus, he lives in my heart. That's right. And of obviously, I have a relationship with him. But yes. anyways, okay, so we got the good, bad out some, of the way. Do some good stuff yeah, now? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm going to, um, I've got, man, I had too many to list. Um, <laughs> because... There are a lot of really good hymns I just love. Uh, one of them is Jesus Paid It All. Mm. Um, and the the reason why I like that song is because it is not about me. Amen. It's, it's about Jesus. And that to me, far too many of these hymns are, are about me. And by the way, and, that's that was the point of that that book. You know, we need to focus on Christ and and God, you know, mm-hmm. we don't need to focus on ourselves. But this song really puts me in my place. Like it, it, yeah. it says, it says, uh, "I hear the Savior say, mm. Thy strength indeed is small.'" Okay, that's so different than some of these other hymns that we were just lead, like, "What have you done for me lately?" Songs, <laughs> but yeah. you know, instead he's saying, "I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small, child of weakness. Watch and pray." Find in me thine all in all. In other words, find your strength in me. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left this crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. I mean, these words are just so good. All of them are. Lord, now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change the leper spots and melt the heart of stone. And when before the throne I stand in him complete, I'll lay my trophies down. That mansion that I've been singing about, I want so bad. <laughs> give me that robe, give me that crown. Cast those crowns at Jesus' Amen. feet, just like happened in Revelation 4, right? So it says, I will lay my trophies down, all down at Jesus' feet. Yeah. Amen. 
All right, so one I have. Um, it's actually one of the oldest hymns that we ever sing, and a lot of times it just doesn't get sung anymore. It comes from 1225, uh, St. Francis of Assisi. Okay. All creatures of our God and King. Oh, that's great. Yep. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Alleluia, alleluia. Thou burning sun with golden beam, thou silver moon with softer gleam. Oh, praise him, oh, praise him, alleluia. The, the whole idea is, and you can, I mean, there's so many verses of this. Um, the whole point is all of creation. Phrases, the whole point mm-hmm. of it is for God's glory. And I love that. Francis of Assisi was all about all of creation for God's glory. The last verse, let all things their creator bless and worship him in humbleness. Oh, praise him, oh, praise him. Praise, praise the Father, praise the Son, and praise the Spirit, three in one. And there we have the Trinity yeah, in 1200. Trinity. Yep, I mm-hmm. love it. So theologically sound and all about Yes, all about that's God. A, that's a great song. Yeah. I, it, that's one, one of my all-time favorites, too. I just didn't... I just had too many to pick from. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to move to uh, Robert Robinson's uh, Come Thou Fount. Mm. Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Uh, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy, never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount. I'm fixed upon it. Mount of God's redeeming love. Mm. Um, here I find my greatest treasure. I think some some of the, some of these say, "Here I raise my Ebenezer." Uh, I think I can't. I don't know which one was the original. Here one. I raise mine Ebenezer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is an Old Testament reference, kind of right. like the Beulah Land thing. Yeah. But <laughs> hither by thy help I have come. I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God. He, to rescue me from danger, bought me with his precious blood. Mm. And my favorite verse is the last one. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor daily I am constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it and seal it for thy courts above. Oof. It's so powerful. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I absolutely love that song. Yeah. Uh-oh. And that was on my list of five, Come Thou Fount. It's it's probably in my top two mm-hmm. favorite hymns. My my number one favorite hymn of all time is another sixth century hymn. It, it comes from Ireland. Um and it's be thou is it my vision. Beulah Land? Oh no, it's not Beulah. It's be thou my vision. It was translated in 1905 to English, originally written in Ireland's native language. Mm-hmm. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. No, none other is aught but the King of the Seven Heavens. <laughs> that was the original wow. writing. Yeah, it it it's changed a lot. Be thou well, my vision. Dante going on there. Yeah, O Lord of my. <laughs> there is, isn't there? I never noticed that. Um, let me find the actual ones that we know. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence, presence my light. Be thou my wisdom, thou my true word, I ever with thee and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great Father, thine own may I be, thou in me dwelling and I one with thee. Riches I heed not, 
nor man's empty praise, thou mine inheritance now and always. Wow. Oh, See, I, I don't know that. that hymn. Thou and thou only first in my heart, high king of heaven, my treasure, mm. thou art. I, I love it. High, last verse, high king of heaven, my victory won, may I reach heaven's joys, O bright heaven sun, heart of my own heart, whatever me fall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. You've never heard that? No. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all wow. else to me, say that thou art. I don't. I don't guess I know it. Oh, that's what. That's interesting. Yeah, sixth century. It's your favorite. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it just breaks my heart every time I hear it. Well, I got more. Okay. Because because uh, th- there's too many good ones. Um, here's one that you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, <laughs> I'm going to pick that one out because. Because I really love the song. It's nearer my God to Thee, and we sang this in in service um, here a while back. Yeah, and, and you I'm were like, like, I don't know that. I've song. never heard that. And uh, so, anyway, for a little history, this song uh, actually part of its fame came from the fact that it was playing by the musicians on board the Titanic as it sank. That yeah. there was nothing else they could do. They decided, you know what? Let's let's play a hymn, and so they started playing "Near My God to Thee," which is appropriate because right. it's about it's about nearing death and and drawing closer to the time when you'll get to be with Him, sure, in in heaven. But the song says, "Nearer, my God, to Thee, nearer to Thee, even though it be a cross that raiseth me, still all my song shall be nearer, my God, to Thee." Though like a wanderer the sun go down, darkness be over me, my rest a stone, yet in my dreams I'd be nearer my God to thee. There let the way appear, steps unto heaven, all that thou sendest in mercy given, angels to beckon on or beckon me, nearer my God to thee. Mm. Or if on joyful wing, cleaving the sky, sun, moon, and stars forgot, upward I fly. Still, all my song shall be nearer, my God, to Thee. And I really, this is just the fantas- the the fantastical side of me, or whatever. I I like that last verse because he's like he's singing about after he's dead. Like, right. I, I, I'm sure that it, like you know we got these verses about in the moment of twinkling of eye. It, it'll be a, 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 a instantaneous thing. But from an artistic standpoint. He's taking a little artistic license. So like he, this last verse is about, oh, say I die and I'm traveling on joyful wing oh. and sun, moon, stars forgot. Everything that I've known, I'm forgetting. Still, my song will be nearer my God to thee. In other words, I can't wait to get there. Like sure. the trip is going to take too long, no matter how fast it is. And I just really like Beautiful. that. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, for my next one, Thy Mercy, My God. It's by John Stalker, 1776, 1777, uh, when he wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's an old one. I like old hymns. <laughs> so uh, anyways, uh, oldie but a goodie. And uh, uh, the band Cademan's Call revitalized it and rewrote music to it. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of my favorite. The words are just powerful. So, thy mercy, my God, is the theme of my song, the joy of my heart, the boast of my tongue. Thy free grace alone from the first to the last hath won my affection, bound my soul fast. 
Without thy sweet mercy, I could not live here. Sin would reduce me to utter despair. But through thy free goodness, my spirits revive, and he that first made me still keeps me alive. <laughs> thy mercy is more than a match for my heart, which wonders to feel its own hard, hardness depart. Dissolved by thy goodness, I fall to the ground and weep for the praise of the mercy I've found. Wow. I mean, it's just oh, <clears throat> that, that imagery. Uh, yeah, of mercy. I just love so. Kevin, do you have any? Yeah, we've been going back. Yeah, and it's forth. like we don't even we were ignoring my son. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's Over okay. Here. Um, one of my all time favorites is the song "Our God Is Alive." Our God, He Is Alive. It says. There is beyond the azure blue a God concealed from human sight. He tinted skies with heavenly hue and framed the worlds with his great might. There was a long, long time ago a God whose voice the prophets heard. He is the God that we should know who speaks from his inspired word. Mm. Secure is life from mortal mind. God holds the germ within its hand. Though men may search, they cannot find, for God alone does understand. Our God, whose son upon a tree, a life was willing there to give, that he from sin might set man free and evermore with him could live. There is a God, he is alive, in him we live and we survive. From dust our God created man, he is our God, the great I am. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. That's beautiful. Okay, last one I've got. <clears throat> well, yeah, the last one, because I'm going to go with him hymns like old hymns okay is uh, 723 in your gold book <laughs> Stand, be standing with me while we sing how great thou art oh lord thy god <laughs> when i an awesome wonder okay now this was a song to be honest with you i used to hate it really yes because before before my heart really changed toward god because I don't like the melody all that much, and it's always sung, at least it was in the congregations I was in, it was always sung low and slow. Yeah. I mean, it took forever, especially if they wanted to sing four verses. Yeah. (laughs) It took forever to get Mm. through this song. However, whenever I started listening to the words, whenever I started loving God more, (laughs) the words to this song just rip your heart out, at least they do for me. Uh, when we went to Israel, there was an, there's there was a, a moment. Well, on our way to Israel, we went through Egypt, and we did the whole um, wilderness tour. We went through Mount Sinai, that area, and Kevin and I and and uh, one of the other guys that was with us climbed Mount Sinai, and we all went up to the top of Mount Sinai to watch the sun rise, and there were hundreds of people on this mountaintop up there wow. waiting on the sun to rise and just sitting there. It was colder and I'll get out. We we're just sitting up there trembling, waiting on the sun to come up, watching the horizon. And it was like glowing, glowing, glowing. And then all of a sudden, bam, the sun just popped like at you. Oh yeah. It was wow. beautiful. And immediately this group of Asian people that were up there started singing how great thou art in their Asian tongue. I don't know if it's Korean, Japanese, Chinese, whatever, but they started singing it. And I'm just bawling like a child 
Yeah. <laughs> I can't understand the word they're saying, but I know the song. Sure. And, I, and I'm hearing these words, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displayed. And then this is the one that, that, that gets me um, where it says the second verse. When through the woods and forest glades I wander and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees, when I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze. Mm. So he's just talking about all these things that whenever this happens to me, then sings my soul. Yeah. My Savior, God, to thee, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, how great thou art. And it's like, I never really thought about the words, about the what, it, what he's meaning when he says, then sings my soul. Mm-hmm. He's talking about in these situations that I encounter, in every situation, whenever I'm, I'm uh, just in awe over yeah. what I'm seeing of creation, it's then my soul sings how great yeah. you are. And of course it ends there, obviously, well, the last, I can't, I got to do all the verses. So verse three is when about, is about God giving God son Christ. Yeah. When he says, when I think of God, his son, not sparing, send him to die. I scarce can take it in that on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, I don't know how gladly he was at the time, but <laughs> he bled and died to take away my sin. Amen. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. And then, of course, the last verse talking about Christ coming uh, and receiving his own. uh, When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart? Then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, my God, how great thou art. That's just beautiful. So that's the one I'm going to end on. All right. I have one more. I mean, there's so many we could do. Nobody mentioned It Is Well With My Soul, which is... Oh, I thought that you was going to have that. I just assumed you would. I was going to, but I have one more. So It Is Well With My Soul, definitely up there. All the Way My Savior Leads Me by Fanny J. Crosby. Uh And the reason I love this song is because I know Fanny's story, Blind From Birth. Right? Mm-hmm. Lived your entire life blind. Learned music blind. Just a blind woman. And then you, you hear these words. All the way my Savior leads me, what have I to ask beside? Can I doubt his tender mercy who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort, here by faith in him to dwell. For I know whatever befall me, Jesus doeth all things well. Man. I just I get chills when I think of that because I mean she has Christ as her guide for right, her whole life right and everything is good because of that even though she's blind yes I mean it, that's it really adds power to some of these hymns when you know the song the stories behind them right like that I mean it really helps like well you mentioned it as well it is well. The story yeah. behind that song is heart wrenching <laughs> it is and I mean so, I don't know all the details but if you most people I think know that that story but if you don't it's it's about a guy losing his family yeah in the water the ship sank while What's they were name? uh <clears throat> can't remember his name the ship sank yeah and he wrote that song while traveling the same place of water like going over the same area that his family died over right and he wrote this song 
about how his Horatio role. Spafford. That's his name. Yeah, yeah he, I mean, he had his. <laughs> He's a missionary. He had his his house burned down, right? Mm-hmm. So his family goes out on holiday. He goes out before them, and then they come to meet him. Oh, he loses his son in the fire, and then his daughter and his wife die in a shipwreck. Mm-hmm. So he goes back, and he's he writes. He comes out there when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, and he's watching those sea bullets. Whatever my roll. lot. That was taught me You've to taught say. me to say. It is well. It is well with my soul. Amen. Wow. So <laughs> powerful. Yes. Thank you, Lord, that's, and that's for a, worship. Yes, that is a great, great song. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's all I got. Oh, you got any more, bro- uh, Brian? Why do I call you Brian? That's my brother's name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know my own son's name for Brian. <laughs> no, this I'm good. Canon. It's okay. It's okay for mothers to do that, but... <laughs> Is it like my, my my name growing up was John Brian David. John Brian David. John Brian David. It's like <laughs> your first name is John. No 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 no. My dad's name is John. My brother's name is Brian. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it was like she had to trip over that. every name to get to mine. See, and oh, and now that there's another generation, I'm John Brian David Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right, let's do some news. And now the news. Well, this just came out today. It's pretty interesting. A knife just turned up from O.J. Simpson's house. (laughs) Seriously, it was never turned in. If anything can support restorative properties of the entertainment industry, it's this. Thanks to the new FX miniseries about the O.J. Simpson murder trial, the events that had every person in the country captivated and glued to the television set more than 20 years ago have been back in the headlines. Now, in an unexpected twist, the L.A. Times reports that a folding knife was found by a construction worker at Simpson's mansion and was handed over to an off-duty cop from the traffic division who was working security at a nearby movie shoot. Different versions of the story report the knife was either found several years ago or was found in 98 when the house was demolished. Either way, the knife's existence was only recently made known to police who are now testing and investigating it. LAPD cop who kept the knife nearly two decades intended to engrave and frame it. An indignant friend of a now-retired officer informed authorities who confiscated the weapon for biological evidence. Uh, authorities are also looking into what charges, if any, the officer could face if the knife turns out to be evidence withheld. Wow. But, of course, OJ can't be tried right, again. Right, because he's already been tried for, that, tried for that crime. And right. Quit Isn't that insane? If it don't fit, you, you must, must quit. quit. Did you watch those I watched yes, the trial. Yes, I watched it too. Well, it was everywhere. You yeah, I was in it. junior high when it happened. Oh wow! We watched it in the library, especially the verdict. <laughs> that was amazing. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, Mark Driscoll is being sued for racketeering. <laughs> it just never ends. Just when you thought Mark Driscoll was moving on and making a new start for himself, he's back in the head night. The headlines connecting. Uh, to the church he planted in Seattle. The former Marshall church pastor is being accused of a continuing pattern of racketeering activity. The suit was filed Monday under the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organization Act, a law that the Daily Beast reports was originally created for prosecution of mafia figures. The suit alleges that Driscoll and Mars Hill uh, Executive Director John Sutton Turner solicited donations for missions from former church members Brian and Connie Jacobson and Ryan and Alicia Kildra, along with thousands of other individuals who gave to Mars Hill, then used the money for other purposes, including the 
paid to a company called Result Source to put Driscoll's book Real Marriage, The Truth About Sex, Friendship, and Life Together on the New York Times bestseller list. Wow. Yep. It just is a non-ending thing. Right. He's. I would. If I were him, I'd just get out. <laughs> I mean, I'd be done with ministry altogether. I, I can't imagine dealing with the stuff. So wow. crazy. But, you know, if you paid a company with church funds to get your book on the bestsellers list. Yeah. You kind of deserve that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Anyways, uh, here's some good news. Chick-fil-A will give you a free ice cream if you put your phone away while you eat. Really? Yeah. We've all been there enjoying a meal with friends and our families and someone at the table has their head down messing around on their phone. Well, now 150 chicken, Chick-fil-A stores across the country are doing their part to restore in-person conversation and good old-fashioned eye contact at mealtime. Yeah. They've created a phone co-op for diners to put their phones into while they eat, rewarding those who <laughs> use it with a free ice ice cream dessert. So you got to turn your phone in. Yeah, you got to put your phone <laughs> in the co-op in order to get oh, ice wow. Cream. They're serious about it. I, so what do you think about that? Do you think that that's a good idea or a bad idea? Why? I'm, I don't know. I'm always down for free food. I am too. And I think I think it's smart. I think it's really good. It'll promote family togetherness yeah. when you're out to eat at the local Chick-fil-A. That's great. They give you your phone back when you get to ice cream? Maybe. Because yeah. then you could be like, you know, pop the phone on and eat your ice cream at the same time. <laughs> Drink you, Chick Fil A. <laughs> Thanks for the free ice cream. I'm gonna check Facebook. I'm gonna use it as a spoon. That's you right. Can, you can just bring an old phone in, turn it in. Yeah, and turn it in. <laughs> keep your own in your pocket. You guys the, the are Theonauts, devious. The Theonauts are not trying to <laughs> no. advocate trickery and knavery. <laughs> We're just trying to have Kate getting That's free ice maniacal, cream. That's maniacal, Kevin. That's maniacal. That's a good idea, though. Oh, right? That's crazy. It's a, okay. Bring the flip phone. Uh, <laughs> um, Supreme Court weighs why abortion clinics are closing at record rates. And they are closing at record rates. The first abortion case to reach the U.S. Supreme Court nearly decades stands to impact the fate of most clinics in Texas and possibly clinics in states with similar restrictions that have led to years of record closures. Opening arguments begin Wednesday uh, for the whole Women's Health versus Heller site. A challenge to the 2013 Texas law requiring clinics to adhere to stricter medical standards. It passed the same year as Dr. Uh, Kermit Gosnell's life sentence for grisly practices undercovered by Philadelphia office. Uh, basically, so this is going to the Supreme Court. Um, since that law passed... In the past five years, more than 150 U.S. abortion providers have shut down. America's abortion rate has dropped to its lowest since Roe v. Wade, and both the most uh, pro-choice and most pro-life states and states passed more than 300 new restrictions on abortions. Bloomberg notes that the five states have just one abortion clinic. That five states have just one abortion clinic left. This dramatic pro-life wave followed the Supreme Court's decision to uphold a partial birth abortion ban in 2007, the last time it ruled on the issue. Hmm. So, that's interesting. There, it's a, We're at an all-time low, and the Supreme Court's looking at it again. And that's really scary for me, because now that we've lost uh, any, any type of hold on the Supreme Court with this last Supreme Court justice who died, you know who I'm talking about? What's his name? Yeah, I can't remember. I can't either. But anyways, I'm not that. I'm not into it that much. 
It's crazy. All right, that's all I got in the news. So that, that's it. Yeah. How about this time in church history? Oh, oh, yeah. Getting our TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Go back in time. Feed the little robot doc, whatever his name is. Canine. Canine. Oh, canine. Is that, is that exactly. Canine. canine. <laughs> I don't know anything about this. Exterminate. Okay. <laughs> in this time in history, Zachary Taylor refused Sunday swearing in. You may remember the popular movie, Chariots of Fire, yes. where Olympic contender Eric Rydell refused to run on Sunday because of his religious convictions. Yes. Something like that happened with the United States president, too. Zachary Taylor, an Episcopalian, refused to take the presidential oath of office on a Sunday. This led to a curious situation in which the United States was without a president for a day. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, so Sunday is Sabbath. Sunday Sabbath. I ain't gonna get squared in on no Sabbath day. That's messed up. <laughs> Anyways, so that's all I got. That's messed up. That's messed up. Okay. Well, Woohoo! Some more voicemail. Let well, me guess. Is it our boy Brendan again? I, I, I absolutely, actually not. Oh. It's, it's uh, we're not even having voicemail. It then is. Why'd you hit that button, David? <laughs> Why you why you gotta tempt me with voicemail because, and then not follow through? How because dare because you, I'm sir? I'm experimenting okay. with uh some, some feedback practices. Feedback practices. Okay. So it's kind of voicemail, but it's not voicemail. <laughs> so is it so is it it's feedback. Okay. So is it a telegram? Uh no. Email? Here I'm gonna get some help from my friend Daniel. Okay. From the UK. All right. So uh this is Daniel here. Well, hang on a second. That's not Daniel. <laughs> Where's Daniel? Daniel's here. Hello, my name is Daniel. Hi, Daniel. I am a British English voice. <laughs> okay, so Daniel is a British English voice. No, wait a second. Is Daniel an automatron? Uh, he is. Hello, my name is Daniel. <laughs> I am a British English voice. Okay, so. Have you met Siri, Daniel? Here, here is some feedback from Facebook. Okay. Uh, about our, uh, our episode on um which one was it i don't know the We've joshua the long the long the long the day, long day. Of joshua okay, okay. So here's some feedback whoa i am so glad you guys did this episode it is so full of interesting facts and you presented it all in such an easy to listen to manner hey ancient aliens is on Go to go, Ron of the Red Oaks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ron. Yeah, in your British uh, Australian <laughs> accent. That was great, or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks to Ron and Daniel for the feedback. Yeah, that's great. Um, actually, Ron gave us some more that I'm going to put in here. I'm not, I'm not going to let Daniel read it, though. <laughs> okay. Why not? So I mean, that was great. Okay, well, maybe I'll do the first part. Okay, because I think it's awesome. Okay, well, okay, well, hang on a second. <laughs> I'm hanging on. Okay, it takes a second to get Daniel coerced to, to actually start speaking for us. So, hang on, here we go. Boom. Corey Ten Boom. Not Bloom. LOL. Wow. That was a very powerful and moving testimony you guys shared. And it was great to hear Brian as your co-host. My father was a Sunday school teacher and he reiterated to me that the common denominator of all mankind is trouble and suffering. His favorite hymn was also Father Along. 
I saw this man weather some serious storms in life, and I never once heard him complain about anything other than the lack of rain, seeing as he was a farmer, this was to be wow. expected. That being said, I personally believe that all suffering is tied to sin, not the way most people expect. The curse was brought on this planet and all its inhabitants by the sin of Adam. Many times, suffering is the result of sin committed by others. Other times, it is just what happens to people in a fallen world. Tragedies are not the time for judgment, and that is not my intent. God is truly greater than all my sin, greater than all my shame, and greater than all my suffering. Not that I have suffered much at all, and he is able to take what is the bad, and use it for his good, which is always for our good. He is the Holy Spirit Judo Champion, using the power <laughs> of sin's consequences to work his goodwill in the lives of his people. If you have ever played a chess master and lost, you realize that you lost when you made your first move, because he knew the moves you were going to make. Our Lord does not bring the bad into our lives, but rather because we live in a sin-polluted world. Sin will affect our lives, and he is using that to form and transform us. I do not have all the answers to all the hurt in the world, but I know who I can go to when trouble is at the door, because Jesus is the doorman, and he allowed the visit, according to his perfect will. I think this is the most important episode thus far, because the rest of the world asks the same question, but their lack of an answer leads them to despair. Salutations to all, Ron, of the Red Oaks. Wow. Okay, so great feedback, Ron. Sorry we tortured you with uh, Daniel's voice. <laughs> wow. Well, man, I, that's my favorite feedback that we've gotten so far. That's, that was that was good. I mean, that it's was powerful really stuff. Well worded, and I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, uh, with it, and once again, I told him in the comments. Uh, this was a Facebook feedback. Uh, I, I told him uh, that he got beat to the punch on the Corey Tim Bloom. <laughs> correct? Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, so anyway, um, yeah, I, I just thought that was a, a really good analogy about the whole um, the whole idea of of playing a chess master. That's and great. it's like we lost the minute we started because right. he yeah. knows what you're going to do exactly. And it, once it, well, it's about perspective again. That's right. So brilliant. Thanks, brother, for uh, for that perspective. Yes. And that's a that's a, a powerful statement that he thinks that this is the most that was the most important episode so far. Yeah, thanks a um, bunch for that. So Oof. and it was and it was good that, you know, I, I keep telling the people that are talking about this is, you know, we actually do get along. I mean, the, we <laughs> we had some issues of debate in the episode, but I mean I think all three of us that were in that episode, we we walked away from it. Completely oh, yeah. happy about how it went down. Most definitely. Because we're unified in the bottom line. Yeah. In the understanding of it. It's just like uh I love what you said here, Ron, about uh when trouble's at the door, I know that I'm okay because Jesus is the doorman. Amen. That's oh that's awesome. That's the truth. So and he loves us, man. Yes. That's great. All right. So you oh, you know what? I threw away our old. I was uh, about to ask you where my my script was, man. <laughs> I threw away our script. You want to wing it? So I don't yeah, even know what to do. We're, we're gonna have to wing it. All right, let's see this. So, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I'll write a new one. All right. The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, and to, so to visit us, to learn more about us, to hear some of the other uh, podcasts that are out there. <laughs> hey, there's a new one. <laughs> 
There's a new one that's coming. Yes. The Worship Show. Worship, yeah. Yeah, in fact, I got a message from Michael in the middle of our conversation here, and he was like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to run by all the songs we talk about on the Worship (laughs) Show with you guys. So, yes, tune into the Worship Show. It's great. I've heard the first couple of episodes. It's really good. It's great. Uh, Introduces uh, uh, a new brother to us, uh, Lee Scott. Awesome is 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 helping Michael do this from California. Wow! So great. You go to gctnetwork.com and learn more about it. That's right. There are several ways to reach, uh, contact us, and leave us feedback. Call our voicemail line at 972-885-7270. Yes, you nailed it. <laughs> you can reach us via email at uh, theonauts at gctnetwork.com. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher, so don't forget to reach us there and leave us feedback <laughs> and talk to us about Facebook stuff. Facebook.com slash Theonauts <laughs> at Theonautical on Twitter. We're somewhere on Twitter, too. Yes. Yeah, and, and sometimes we do Instagram, but not very much. Not often. Thanks for being here, Kevin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah, thanks for being here, brother. Hey, you too, man. All right, God bless. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your great commission. This is your great commission transmission. At GCTnetwork.com. Transmission. This is your great commission transmission.